RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. And as always, welcome back to another edition of Red Pill News Live. Tonight in the first portion of the program, I'm going to be joined by my good friend and Maui resident, Scott Adam. Scott has been a guest on the show before, and he's currently involved in relief efforts, attempting at least, to assist the people who have been so directly and devastatingly affected by these fires taking place. They are still taking place. The death toll is unknown at this time. I saw a figure at one time that as many as 2,000 people were missing. Obviously, with this type of devastation, with this much devastation, the likelihood of finding people intact is going to be pretty difficult. So Scott's going to be telling us uh, what he's seeing on the ground, what he's hearing, and uh, we're going to be talking about some of the stranger aspects of the fires that have been taking place and some of the people involved. So do me a favor, if you wouldn't mind, hit that like button as you're coming through the door. If you're on the pilled.net, make sure you hit the red pill. I was sincerely appreciated if you share the show. Also, there is a link that I'm going to be passing out, which will allow you to directly assist the people of Lahaina and Maui. Uh, This is uh, approved by our people on the ground. So sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after this. The U.S. dollar has lost 85% of its value since the 1970s. That's when the dollar was decoupled from gold. And right now, it seems like the government is hell-bent on continuing that tradition. From now until the next election, you can bet the government is going to print as much money as they want. And the last time they did that, inflation went up by 9%. You see, gold is the one asset that has been proven to withstand inflation. And you can invest in gold with Noble Gold Investments. And when you do, you're also going to get this 24-karat, quarter-ounce gold standard coin for free. So visit Noble Gold Investments at my special website, redpill78gold.com. Once again, that's Noble Gold Investments at redpill78gold.com or simply dial 877-646-5347 and they're going to answer the phone any time of the day. Noble Gold is the only gold company I trust and when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. And please join me in welcoming my returning guest and good friend of the program, Mr. Scott Adams. Scott, how are you today, sir? I'm hanging in. It's been a really rough week, but uh, it's great to be here with you, Zach. Uh, it's good to good to see your face again. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish it was under different circumstances. Um, so, Scott, just for the audience, I'm going to be playing as we speak here uh, some aerial footage of what the city of Lahaina appears to be now. 
Um, Scott, I, what I'd like to do to begin here is just to get your initial on-the-ground assessment. I mean, what are the people of Maui and Lahaina saying about this fire? Uh, and I've heard a lot of crazy things, you know. I mean, they didn't activate the sirens. Like, my God, they essentially left these people to die in these homes, uh, giving them a false sense of security. Sounds like the fire department was out there and they supposedly put the fire out, but then apparently they didn't. Obviously, it continued on. And and of course, uh, I mean, we have reports that have uh, uh, been coming in all over the country for the last couple of years of people who are apparently setting these intentional wildfires and sometimes they get caught, sometimes they don't. Last year in Maui, specifically, uh, three people were actually caught, and we're going to talk about them in a moment. But w- tell me first of all, Scott, I mean, what are you guys seeing on the ground, and how does this feel? Uh, it, it's devastating. Um, you know, Maui is a really tight-knit, small community. Um, you know, those of us who live here, there's only 164,000 or so, and um, everybody is, is is deeply connected. You know, everybody relies on everybody, and we see each other in the grocery stores. You know, we're, we're connected at, at church and whatever it might be, but it's it's devastating um you know when we we knew these winds were coming and we had winds show up and it was definitely windy for a couple you know few days like 70 80 mile an hour winds there was a Uh, hurricane that apparently passed by yeah about 80 miles i believe south of uh big island um and you know it, it it passed by but you know we didn't get anything except winds um but it you know everything just happened so fast like there was fires that were just popping up in different places around the island um and they were burning so so fast like we still have at least three major fires still still burning currently um i think they're only uh, the upcountry fires are only about 60 percent contained um and you know there's just a lot of confusion and feel like there's been we we've really been let down um, by the local government and and the resources that that are on the ground here. Um, there was no no real alerts. I mean, other than um, fire, there was police and, and other resources driving that drove through the neighborhoods once and told people that there was a fire. But other than that, uh, there was no emergency alerts. Well, um, we had I- emergency alerts the next day for uh, a a fatal car crash, but nothing the day of the fires. From from what I understand, the authorities there claim that although they didn't sound the hurricane alarms, which everyone would have heard, I mean, no matter where you're at on the island, you can hear that happening. They claim that they did send out three other types of alerts, either electronically, by email, or perhaps uh, uh, as like an EBS that went to your phone. Did, Did you or did anybody else actually see that happen? Not that I'm aware of. I didn't receive, we didn't receive anything at all. Wow. Um, yeah, nothing. Um, but the, the, the initial fire was like six 30 in the morning, you know, and they, they, they put that out and they said it was a hundred percent contained. Um, and then, um, that fire itself was back up and running full speed uh, by two thirty in the afternoon, you know, and, and then really quickly after that, it was engulfing homes. Um, and, and it just moved so fast that that people just didn't didn't have time or weren't able to 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 get out um and uh the 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 damage is just absolutely cas- cas- catastrophic and the loss of life is staggering um you know everywhere we go in town you run into someone who lost um everything and they're still missing close friends and family in their lives so uh it's it's tough 
I, I've also heard that uh, the fire was obviously devastating to uh, many, many homes and uh, and some local businesses, but that apparently some larger corporate uh, franchisees were, were not hit in the same way. Is that correct? It, it is correct. Yeah, yeah. There's, um, you know, the main uh, like uh, Safeway and uh, some other stores that are the big box stores, uh, they, they ended up making it through. Um, there was not very minimal damage uh, to the fact that they're they're actually trying to get back open again, uh, even in the midst of a, a catastrophe where nobody up there even has has homes or 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 uh resources right now and they're they're trying to to move uh from what we understand trying to move the uh the donation and 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 resource uh headquarters out of their parking lot so they can open their doors again um so that that's it's the 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 local people here on the ground really feel kind of betrayed in a big way and uh so was there anything different this year about the conditions that would explain the intensity of these fires or like the way that they spread? I mean, it, it just I mean, I, I, I'm looking for any type of rational explanation. I don't know. I don't necessarily think we're going to find any. But I mean, I think it's worth asking. Yeah, no, I mean, there, there's nothing really different than any other summer uh, that we've we've had. I mean, um you know, we have dry grass all around a lot of the time that especially that west side of the island and the south side of the island are are basically like like deserts, you know, and the, the winds whip through there and dry out um, the, the the plants pretty quickly. And, you know, we've had we've had some some forest fires in the past, but nothing on on this scale. And I haven't really seen anything that's different than any other other summer. Um, you know, that's it's it's been normal. So, so in some of this drone footage that I'm seeing here, it seems like you've got uh, like a, like two main roads and you've got like sections of houses on either side of them. But then to the right of that second road, there's there's nothing. I mean, it's just it's dry grass scrubland or whatever. Um, it seems I mean, it doesn't seem that it that it burned. Uh, so it seems like maybe that would have been a place that people could have gone to escape uh, the heat uh, of what they were experiencing in their neighborhoods. Is there something that prevented people from getting away? I mean, because uh, obviously, I mean, many people didn't. Yeah, I think everything just moved so fast. I don't know if there was anything uh, pre- preventing people from from really getting away other than, um, you know, there's not really much access uh, into those 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 areas. Um, you know, you'd you need off-road vehicles or, or right. such to get over there. Um, but yeah, there's, there's the, the difficult thing is there's only one, one road in and out to the main side of the Island and then one road further uh, North towards Napili. And um, you know, it's just, it's always been a bottleneck. We, it's always trafficy. It's, you know, it's always difficult to get in and out at high traffic times. And um you know, we've been there's been a call for an additional road uh, for a very long time. And, you know, there's been a lot of politicking around it, but no action, you know, and uh, the, the, that's part of the issue is, you know, when we're on a little tiny island like this and uh, there's only one road in and one road out, it's, you know, we get a fire and you're trapped on that side of the island, just like we're facing now, the people who are still. Um, over there who can't get out, you know, and uh, for for quite a while, they weren't allowing anyone if you did leave, uh, you you couldn't come back in. So 
you know, we're, we're still shuttling supplies over with uh, caravans and boats and uh, even even jet skis are bringing uh, sleds full of, of supplies up. Um, but we're running into, you know, between National Guard and police roadblocks and uh, also the National Guard blocking one of the main uh, boat ramps um, that's up there. And so we have to go to private boat ramps to, to unload goods uh, right now. Yeah. And, you know, on that note, I have this account here from uh, someone in Maui says, uh, why are they not letting people into West Maui with supplies? I've been flying supplies from OGG to Kapalawa, Kapalua. Uh, This is absolutely the least efficient way to do this when there's a highway that's right there. I've had so many people reach out pegging me to fly supplies for them because they were turned away at the Malaya checkpoint. The worst of which was a man who had oxygen tanks for his grandfather. His grandfather was running out of oxygen, and they wouldn't let this man through to resupply the oxygen. The Humane Society was also turned away with a truck full of pet food. People are also boating in supplies equally as efficient as as inefficient as the highway. Like, why is the government literally prohibiting supplies from moving into where they are needed? And once there, there's also no government coordination on how to distribute them. It's a free-for-all, and FEMA won't give anyone anything without having to jump through hoops. I would seriously think I'm crazy, but every time I land in Kapalua, there are people so happy to get water or whatever we brought them Obviously, they need the stuff. You know, I've heard reports of uh, of people attempting to coordinate with FEMA, bringing in uh, supplies, and then kind of getting the runaround. I mean, being told to park here, park there, move five or six times, and then finally they're just asked, you know, what the hell are you doing here? We don't want you here. It seems very, very inefficient. And I understand the government has a lot to do right now. I mean, clearly they're attempting to to find people who are missing. They're attempting to you know, just determine how big of a problem they have to deal with. But if FEMA's already on the ground, if FEMA, whose only possible responsibility is to coordinate rescue and relief efforts, why in the hell are they not doing it? That's a that's a great question. And, uh, you know, that's exactly why, you know, in the beginning, we went through the people I know went through the, the proper routes that we were told with the Red Cross and FEMA. And what we witnessed is literally all the supplies were just getting put into shipping containers and pushed aside mm-hmm. and nothing was actually getting onto the ground immediately. And that's why everyone just started doing a grassroots movement to to get the stuff up there. Um, what we're being told by by the mayor is that, uh, you know, they, we need to get proper uh, human 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 um remains recovery and we need to identify all the bodies and that there's uh the the level of toxic contaminants are so high and and dangerous that the the everything needs to be secured but there's absolutely no reason that we should be stopping supplies from getting to the people who are stuck on that island they've already faced the disaster lost almost everything and then we're going to continue to further traumatize them as i said said earlier i think this is complete negligence and uh it it just it's evil i mean it just straight up evil. Well, if if they don't allow food and water to get through, oxygen, medicine, they're going to have a lot more dead bodies on their hands, even more than they have right now. And uh, yeah, it just, you know, it almost makes one think that perhaps what we're seeing here is an organized effort to ensure that the people of this area are unable to kind of resecure themselves, get into a position of normalcy. And, you know, I, I think that's an excellent t- time to go into some of the uh, stranger aspects of this. First of all, Freight Awakening brought up something that I was just about to dive into. I want to know how the Maui police chief, John Pelletier, 
just so happened to be the incident commander for the Las Vegas shooting. The whole thing stinks to high heaven. And yeah, I was very surprised myself to learn that. But you as a resident of Maui, uh, you said this is one of the things that you actually brought up to the local government when they were talking about hiring this guy. How is it that he has now presided over two of the worst disasters in American history? Generally speaking, people are lucky, you know, not really lucky, but, you know, it, the luck of the draw if they get to preside over one. Yeah, we were we, we've been wondering the same thing. So he came on. Uh, he was brought in uh, during the the, the pandemic. Um, he was 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 hired on after we organized uh, we, we were doing a huge pushback uh, of the, the mandates on the sign of vaccine and mask mandates. And uh, he was brought in at that point to take over as chief of police. We brought up all the concerns. Uh, we did research on him. He went to the FBI training center. Uh, he has a long history with with that organization. Um, and uh, we brought all the concerns up with his connection with the, the Vegas shooting and even some of the 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 articles uh, that popped up with uh, pictures of him um, on uh, red carpet walks uh, on almost like, you know, uh, publicity poses. And yet at the same time, you know, everything went completely uh, unrecognized. Uh, we've had meetings set up with him. Um, appeared to be a, a pretty, pretty strange, you know, strange, but nice guy. But I mean, this the, the coincidences of, of being some of the most tragic uh, and questionable events of this nation in the past three decades uh, he's been a part of. Uh, that's um, there, there's a lot of questions there and it's very, very strange. I don't, I don't believe in coincidences, but uh, you know, no, I, I don't think any of us do at this point. So, yeah. <clears throat> so I, from what I understand, there's still a thousand people or so that are unaccounted for. Are those numbers correct? Or do you think it's more? Um, I, I think that that number is pretty correct. Last time I, I did see it was like 1700. I, I think I, I got reports that there were some more people who were found yesterday. Um, but the, the official toll of, of those lost uh, or the, those who've lost their lives right now is around 93. Um, but yeah, there was somewhere between 1300 and 1700 still missing, uh, currently. And we know that over 2000, uh, residents were lost. Um, and then that's just that's just structures. Um, some of them had multiple um, apartments in them, um, right. you know, multiple different units. And I mean, this is highly desirable land. I mean, not only because it's, you know, it's beachfront property. This would be the kind of place that Obama would be building his new mansion. Um, and for, I think doesn't he have like a home like close to there? There's a couple of deep state assets that have homes very close to there that I know were not burned. But I mean, just just talking about the property damage for those those homes and those businesses, we're talking like eight to ten billion dollars. But yep. it's got to be far more valuable than that, considering the the plots of land that we're talking about. And I bring this up uh, because it, it goes back to the idea that, you know, perhaps there is some orchestrated element to this because uh, just recently uh, they held in Maui a, uh, a conference on turning Maui into a smart city. Obviously, they can't turn it into a smart city if you've got the historic city of Lahaina there, uh, which is owned by a whole bunch of native Hawaiian people and, you know, native Hawaiian islanders. Uh, and now 
uh, and, and, you know, since 2015 or, or, or more, you know, they've been working on turning Maui into a smart city of some type, putting in all electrical infrastructure, uh, ensuring that uh, everybody can gas up their electric vehicles pretty much anywhere they want to. And now it seems like the 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 developers and the realtors are 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 um they're striking while the iron is hot so to speak people have been getting calls uh they've been asking if they want to unload that property uh they're probably getting lowballed because there's no homes or anything there now um and uh, and i wonder what is the attitude of uh, of the of the people of lahaina i mean are they going to hold out are they going to allow themselves to be uh taken advantage of well, I think that there's definitely a, um, a rally call for 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 people to hold out. I mean, I know a lot of people are are decimated and demoralized right now. Um, you know, like like you said, that that phone calls literally started rolling in the morning after yeah. the fires. You it's know, disgusting. Um, I talked to three different property owners, and um, they had offers for the since the pandemic. The offers started rolling in, trying to get them to to sell their properties, um, and uh, they. The phone calls mysteriously stopped kind of coming in from what I understand, at least from the reports I hear from April to May. Um, and there was there was nothing. There's been kind of silence, radio silence since April and May. And then all of a sudden, literally the morning after the fires, uh, people were getting phone calls. Are you are you ready to sell now? Um, you know, it's as you were saying, it's like local native owned businesses that some of them have been in the generations. The properties have been in families for generations. Um, we have the largest, like from what I understand, one of the largest collections of art, uh, artifacts and official documents from um, the, 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 the nation of Hawaii uh, in history. And so um, a lot of that was there as well. So, you know, there there's a lot of feeling from from people on the ground that um there was a, an intention to destroy um the the information the the spirit the the um history that lahaina had and you know moving how how can you set up a new future how can you set up a new um the, the, their new agenda without erasing the history that was there and yeah. and, that, and and you know I, I, it's, I, I can't blame everyone for feeling that way because um, there's, there's a lot of just a really lot of suspicious things all around um, like fires continuing to break out even after window wind was gone, right. The night after or a couple nights after the fires uh, in, in the um, uh, town uh, that's just North and my brain's going blank for a second, but another fire broke out and uh, was triggering another evacuation. There was no winds at that point. There is no it was it was the calmest it's been in in weeks. Um, so I, it's it, it is this is it's a it's a crazy situation. And the people feel like this is an attack. If you feel people feel like we are um, under full attack. It, it certainly seems like it, you know, and, and I'm glad that you brought up the uh, uh, the, the the history of, of the area. I mean. I would imagine that uh, that was, you know, that's probably all gone. You know, I mean, all the artifacts, everything that had been saved, you know, uh, kind of holding on to the the history of the Hawaiian people. Uh, that's 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 probably all gone, lost to antiquity now. And uh, I sincerely hope that the people of this area are able to hold out 
so that the deep state is unable to implement their uh, their smart grid project and uh, and put this into place because I mean this is obviously something they want to do really really badly and uh, they have uh, just uh, they've continually worked to price these people out of the market to make it more and more expensive. And you had this like enclave, this stronghold of people who refused to be pushed out of their homes, who refused to be pushed off of their land. And now uh, it seems like just ripe for the pickings. They're, they're going to come in and they're going to do whatever they can to take this from them. Now, the one thing that I was really worried about, Scott, is uh, is if the the government of Maui, if the government of Hawaii, uh, is going to uh, to play into those plans? I mean, is there a possibility? Is anybody worried about eminent domain? I mean, land being seized as a result of what happened here? Absolutely. Actually, in a press conference, just uh, was it yesterday or the day before? Our our current governor, uh, Doctor Josh Green. Um, was uh, uh, came out and actually said that the state will uh, will take over Lahaina, um, and uh, if if you actually listen to uh, his past two press conferences, there's multiple uh, uh, statements that he made in there, basically pushing to um, that 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 we're, states taking it over, we're going to seize this area. And uh, he's even come into to saying making making it just a an open space memorial or, uh, you know, uh, other other uh, excuses or, or ideas that he's thrown out there. But um, the words that he is using is very much uh, uh, along those lines that he they're going to seize that that property um, of, of the people who own it up there. And, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people have heard that straight up and. Um, have been organizing and, uh, you know, are, are pretty, pretty uh, fired up about uh, that potential. So um, if that goes down, I guarantee you the people of Hawaii are, uh, it's going to, it's going to get, get a little wild. Any, any commentary from the fire department? I mean, explanations as to why they behaved the way they did or, you know, why people weren't given more of a notice. I mean, it just, it, it seems just to be so obviously negligent if not done on purpose. Yeah. Well, obviously our our first responders, the guys on the ground were doing a great job and they were working really hard. And, um, you know, we've heard a lot of stories of these guys, of of a few people who were just absolutely distraught um, that they were pulled off of fires um, when they they felt it was not appropriate. That's what Um, I'm looking for. Yeah. So so someone higher up told them to stop doing whatever they were doing and go someplace else. That makes so much sense. Yeah, absolutely. There was that that, that fire itself in, in Lahaina. Uh, at one point, they were uh, they were on it. They the the headquarters uh, back in in Kahului um, actually told them to, to call a good amount of those firefighters off of the scene um, because of there was another fire supposedly, um, which we don't. I don't see a recording or a report on, um, but they were called off they got 15 minutes down the road and were told to turn back around because it immediately had uh, gotten out of control um and uh and then that's when it ran over the the the, the town um but yeah i the other thing is that's that's a it's very interesting is majority of the emergency management uh team uh was off of the island including the fire chief um they they weren't on island at that time from all the reports that i'm i'm getting um so 
it's very just strange, like in the middle of fires, if there is a fire season, you know, I mean, the fire season that we have, like in the middle of what is supposed to be a, a high wind event, uh, your entire emergency team is is not on island or available. So, yeah, it's another one of those things that just make you go, hmm. Yeah, that, that's a that's a hell of a thing. Um, yeah. Freight Awakening says it's so odd that these sick and evil people want Maui so badly, considering it will allegedly be underwater in five years. Everything seems so orchestrated. I think that's one of the first things that comes to mind. You know, if global warming, if the rising levels of the ocean are a real thing, then why is it that the elites are working overtime to ensure that they all have beachfront property? That they all have some place to go in Rehoboth or in uh, Martha's Vineyard or on Maui or any of the other uh, beachfront locales that are so desirable. Uh, certainly, if uh, this was an issue, then I, I don't think they they would be looking to buy land in like inner Nebraska or something like that, as far away from the oceans as they can. Now, yeah, absolutely. Scott, we've got to take a break for the second half of the show. So when we come back on the other side, I want to talk to you about this case from last year where some people were uh, arrested for uh, setting fires, six fires all over Maui. So we'll be right back. Bitcoin ETF is all the rage right now, and that's because a major financial player is just now resubmitting their application for a Bitcoin ETF. So as a result, investors are thinking this is just over the horizon. Mainstream adoption is right around the corner. Now, add to that, lawmakers recently voted to set guidelines on just when and how crypto firms should register with either the Commodities Futures Trading Commission or the Securities and Exchange Commission. Now, while all of this is good news, an ETF only gives you exposure to crypto, not direct ownership. The whole point of cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin is to directly own an asset with a finite supply that is outside of any government influence. And my digital money can help you do that. With my digital money, you own your crypto, whether you invest in a crypto IRA or with a standard trading account. Now, remember, it's important to diversify your portfolio. And when it comes to a crypto investment, direct ownership is of the utmost importance. So don't get caught up in the excitement the media is trying to spin because nothing beats owning your own crypto and nothing beats investing in crypto through my digital money. Not only are you able to invest with them using a crypto IRA, but also a standard trading account, and it's all in the same platform. You also have the assurance that your assets are going to be put into a trust. That means that no matter what happens to my digital money, your crypto is always safe. So if you're ready to invest in cryptocurrency, do so with MyDigitalMoney.com. Once again, that's MyDigitalMoney.com. The link is in the description box below. And I should also tell you they have excellent U.S.-based customer service. So feel free to give them a call with any questions you might have at 833-636-2008. Invest with MyDigitalMoney.com today. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Welcome back. Thank you very much for sticking around. I appreciate it, you guys. <clears throat> so, Scott, I wanted to talk to you about this uh, case just last summer, May. Uh, apparently, three individuals named Stephen Serrell, Crystal Kanakwea. I don't know how to say it. How do you <laughs> Kanakwea, something like that? I'm sorry. And then John Hliss. That's another difficult one. H-L-I-S. Uh, they were arrested for setting six brush fires, uh, and the real irony here is that uh, eagle-eyed citizens, residents of Maui, 
witnessed them doing this and were able to extinguish the blazes themselves. Now, these people are apparently known to law enforcement. They are uh, criminal uh, uh, elements that uh, were caught on video. They they went out and they bought everything that you needed to to set, uh, you know, an arson filled brush fire, including uh, cans of gasoline and uh, other, uh, uh, you know, charcoal, lighter fluid. The list goes on and on. So, uh, you know, does this specific case uh, come to mind for people when trying to figure out just what the hell happened this time? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've had other similar situations exactly like that, um, that that again, have been very suspicious fires. And with that one in particular, they were strategically, you know, uh, uh, set. It felt like, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Maui has limited resources when it comes to first responders. And uh, when all of a sudden you pull a good amount of first responders to one side of the island, um, and then all of a sudden you go to the opposite side and start a fire uh, or, or, you know, an incident, um, you know, you, you keep people running around like, uh, you know, like like crazy trying to maintain um, control of the situations. And we've had multiple situations like that. This is the only one that I know of that um, where people were actually caught um, and, and arrested. Um, but that's not that was not the first time. And uh, during the, the, the 2021 uh, 2022 time period, there was a lot of interesting folks who showed up uh, very much looking um, like, like the folks that you were seeing during the summer of love, uh, the, the the Oregon and Washington yeah. uh, Antifa type of look um, that just started showing up as homeless um, folks, inhabitants of the island. Mm-hmm. And right after that, a lot more fires started breaking out. During uh, uh, was it Tuesday or Wednesday when, when I lost track of days now when the fires broke out here, we actually had multiple fires uh, that that smaller fires that did break out that we actually saw um, uh, people setting um, and luckily residents uh, caught them in time and put them out. But, uh, you know, it, it's there's and then yesterday somebody lit up what was a pipe bomb or, or some sort of explosive device in a <laughs> sewer drain in Kihei. Whoa, uh, which started a, a sore fire yesterday. So, um, you know, it, there's something going on here that's bigger. And it, whether it's just uh, 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 mental health issues and people are freaking out and, and just I don't know. Or if this is organized, I, I, I can't really say, but I something is not right. And uh, the, these events continue to keep happening. Um, just one quick, uh, another quick little story along those lines. Um, so two of the people, the family that... Um, that actually started to organize some of the grassroots area. They set up, you know, and were running trucks up and and getting supplies to the west side. Um, just two nights ago, in a, the wet side of the island, where things are are, are very become there we haven't had any fires luckily it's not too far from our house a fire mis- magically broke out right next to their house um and again no winds it was super calm we got sprinkle earlier that day so it wasn't super dry but out of nowhere a fire broke out in the gulch right next to their house and so you know I- i'm not saying it was i don't know i don't know what it was from i don't know no one really knows um but there's a lot of strange strange stuff that continues to keep happening well, I know that uh, uh, you were talking about past incidents, and I know that back in 2019, there was a, a number of fires that started all over the island, and they had linked some of them specifically to arson. And, you know, I mean, it just it stands to reason that the types of people 
that would engage in this sort of behavior. They're playing the long game, you know, and uh, they can afford to start filtering these types of saboteurs onto the island or wherever it is that they need for problems like this to arise uh, and then just have them in place until the moment that they uh, they need to uh, to get it going. Now, uh, I had seen people sharing pictures, uh, and I'm pretty certain they were from like uh, the Paradise Fires. And of course, obviously, this is very familiar, I mean, in terms of that scenario. Um, but uh, did you hear or see anyone discussing firsthand witness accounts of any type of exotic method of these fires starting? Or was it just people would see a fire and that would be it? Uh, there's been a lot of talk of that. Um, you know, I haven't haven't really heard um, any or any firsthand accounts. Um, I do know that there, there's a, a few a friend who, that that showed us uh, some video of this, him in the fire, and there was definitely what looked like lightning flashes that was occurring, and okay. there's definitely sounds of of some things that are sounded like explosions, like uh, you know bombs or something going off. Um, definitely have seen that material, that footage. Um, and you know, what, what I've seen from, from vehicles, um, so I was an EMT for a little while, uh, back in the nineties, uh, when I was a young man. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I witnessed car fires <clears throat> and I, and, and that was, that that's, that's what we're seeing with these car fires definitely looks, I mean, that, that amount of temperature that that those cars were melting down you had engine blocks completely liquid liquefied um there's it it definitely is it it seems like it was there's something going on there that was way uh way more intense and again i haven't speculated too much you know i know i i've been i've definitely done a lot of research on the 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 direct energy weapons and uh the scalar waves and, and such and um you know i know i know they exist and i know they've been being used as from what i understand um but i i don't have any direct uh sauce uh, on that. Um, but there's definitely a lot of speculation with people on the ground. Um, and there's definitely a lot of stories from, from people who I've talked to who, you know, again, there was a, a strange feeling in the air, like things were, you know, it was just, just strange. And the other thing that was real weird is the day before there was a lot of, uh, some like really powdery fine kind of white particle that was mm. seemed to be kind of blowing around in the air, um, almost like a really fine ash, if you would, from a, mm. from, um, that came down that, that, that day before the fire. And the other thing that was really weird is there was uh, right off the, 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 um, Harbor in Lahaina, uh, there was a nuclear submarine that morning, uh, parked directly off the Harbor, um, on Lahaina. Um, and so, you know, everything, there's just a lot of really strange coincidences. And I, again, I can't, I can't sauce out the, the, the DEW situation, but um, you know, that that's, I don't know if any of us could without, um, you know, direct, um, direct witness accounts of that. Uh, but there's, there's, there was flashes, there was explosions in the videos I've seen. And I'm actually going to be playing a video on screen right now, which shows what appear to be flashes inside the fire itself. And uh, obviously, we're seeing someone driving by. There is uh, uh, heavy flames. There's a lot of smoke. And inside that smoke, there appears to be these these flashes going off. Now, 
Is it possible that maybe we have a transformer that's blowing up because of the heat? Yeah, it is possible. Um, but, uh, you know, still, it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't negate the oddities that we see here happening. And certainly when you put it all together, um, it uh, it is uh, very, very suspicious and suspect. Um, mm-hmm. So, Scott, um, there was actually a report that you had sent over from an inside source. Is that something you can read to us on air? Uh, yeah, I think I can, I can find okay. that. And and this was a, this was a text message that was sent over a couple nights ago. Um, it was forwarded to me through a friend who, um, the reportedly, uh, with inside of the, um, the, the governor's, uh, circle. Um, sorry, let me see if I can find this here. Okay, while you're doing that, I'm just going to read a couple of Super Chats from over on Rumble, Rumble Rants. Uh, Crumpfer says, uh, need local farmers to forcibly deliver life-saving supplies. And that's uh, that's what a lot of people are attempting to do. Unfortunately, they're being turned away at checkpoints by the government. And uh, and even if they do get through, uh, they're, they're being thwarted before they get a chance. Uh, also, Valhalla Batgirl says, meanwhile, Biden is all no comment and trying to send more money to Ukraine. Disgusting. Yes, Scott, that's one of the most disgusting aspects of this whole scenario. Joe Biden has yet to comment on the devastation, the loss of life, uh, and he has attempted to tie aid for Maui to aid going to Ukraine. Uh, Like, basically, if you're not willing to fund Ukraine, we're not willing to fund the relief efforts for our own people. Yeah, absolutely. Heartbreaking. Just as... I don't know. That's uh, you support Ukraine um, in in a war versus your own people on the ground that are in a war zone. Um, That's that's just I don't understand how anybody uh, in a in a leadership role, let alone the presidential role, could could take that stance. I mean, that to me, that's that 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 seems to be treasonous. Oh, I agree. And meanwhile, he's at at, he's on vacation again. He's back on the beach rather than uh, actually leading here is uh on screen now this is um this is an image before and after you can see i mean the trees were green it didn't look like it was super dry uh obviously you know you have a lot of wooden buildings and stuff like that but i mean it's 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 gone the entire area is just gone i mean even the boats are melted and i saw some horrific video footage of people trying to escape the heat in the ocean you know just getting battered against rocks because they had nowhere else to go yeah some of those people were in the water for six to eight hours (laughs) um literally just just holding on to uh pieces of wood um doing whatever they could um to get in and out of the water against the break wall um yeah it was bad we've heard we've heard some serious stories and I, I have that um, okay. that text message I can read to you. So Please. Um, this was sent a few nights ago um, from from a born and raised uh, guy from Hawaii. I'm uh, sorry, from Oahu. Um, he was a, a whistleblower um, inside of the governor's office. From from what I I'm aware of, um, what you're not hearing from our local government. I just got out of a meeting where I was informed by someone in the mayor's office about developments that are being kept from the public. I'm not a conspiracy theorist and don't want to make trouble, but here's what I've heard. The amount of fatalities is expected to be more than 500, but less than 1,000. Many of these fatalities are children who were at home because they canceled school. 
parents worked and they were not able to uh, evacuate the children. Children had no idea they needed to leave. And by the time they noticed their homes or apartments were on fire, it was too late. The government is worried about how we were going to react uh, when we learned that the fire department left the fire early in the day and claimed it was 100% contained, knowing that the winds were expected to be 70 to 80 miles per hour in the afternoon. This is against all fire control policies. The fire department should not have left the original fire unattended. They are scared that the public will call for accountability and uh, will be more than uh, and that accountability will be more than they can control and protests and riots will occur. They plan to lock down Lahaina for several months. It will take months to clean up the hazardous and environmental contamination. They won't have enough housing for all the displaced. Uh, there were 2000 account unaccounted for as of the time of this text. Uh, they have a list where they are trying to keep track. Uh, they found 700 that day um, and over 1,300 still missing. Um, they are very worried that the community is going to freak out when they find out how not a single fire truck responded to the those fires once it, it flared up. Emergency sirens were not activated. Hurricane sirens and loss of life would have been kept down by emergency management, um, which utterly failed us. I'm not trying to make waves or stir up problems, but it was I was so angry and sad when I found out how many children are dead that I knew I had to post this. So, good God, I I I don't even know what to say, man. Uh, that's that's horrific, horrible, 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 and, and they ought to be worried. They ought to be worried about what the reaction from people is going to be when they realize that their children were left to die. Uh, yeah. It's It could have been avoided wholly. Absolutely. In every sense, in every sense. And meanwhile, we have a smiling idiot in Washington, D.C. who can't make a single public statement in solidarity with these people. Um God, my heart goes out to you. My heart goes out to everybody there in Maui and Lahaina, anybody affected by this. Um, all right. Well, Scott, before we go, um, I'd uh, I'd like for you to uh, explain this uh, Calvary Chapel Central Maui uh, donation page that uh, we had sent out. How, how can people donate? I'm assuming that going through this, you're, you can make sure that it's actually going to get to the people. It's not going to be like a Red Cross type situation. No, absolutely. So um, as soon as we found out what was happening with the Red Cross and with um, with uh, the, the FEMA teams, um, this this organization, grassroots organization was set up to get stuff to the people. And um, our pastor at uh, Calvary Central Maui, uh, he was uh, involved in the evacuation um, of Afghanistan, of the the the, the folks who are left in Afghanistan. He's been a part of things like this in the past. And immediately we started to turn all of the donation channels through Calvary Chapel uh, directly to transfer to to goods on the ground so that we can get um, stuff to the people in, that are in need immediately. And so um, the Calvary Chapel is, has literally been the uh, incredible source as soon as we know what's needed uh we we channel it through the church text message group and um it gets put into to action immediately um whether it's thousands of pounds of ice um or uh insulin that needs to get flown over from another island um 
or or coolers and food and water and and other other goods you know immediately it's it's been turning around um and and, and we've also been a part of uh getting a couple plane loads of of resources that have come in from LA as well as Los Angeles so um, the effort continues to keep going on, and this is going to be a marathon, not a sprint. Um, it's going to be a long, long haul for these people, um, a lot of recovery, um, and a lot is going to be needed in order to um, house so many of these people when we're already in a, a huge housing crisis on this island. Um, so it's it's going to be a long mission, and uh, Calvary has been um, already setting up uh, in groups uh organizational committees to to handle the different a- aspects of what's what's at, at need and so um this is who i trust um and then you know any anybody else who wants to to send stuff directly to the island um i can i can give you my my contacts um and we can um go i can accept stuff directly at my property and we can have it just distributed right away okay how, how can people get in touch with you directly um, the best best way to get in touch is uh, Liberty Arise at protonmail.com. Um, my uh, I have a, a channel which I've been doing updates on is is Liberty Arise uh, on Rumble and all the other channels. Um, and uh, but Liberty Arise at protonmail.com is the best way to uh, to reach me, and um, I can um, I can receive goods here directly at my house and and make sure it gets right to the people who need it right away. All right. Let me see if I can get your yes. Mm, this might be you. Did you go to CPAC? I did go to CPAC. Yep. Okay. Liberty yep. Arise Media. Is that you? Yep. Absolutely. Uh, okay. okay. All right. Yep. I'm following. I'm following you. Yeah. There we are. That's definitely you. I just wanted to make sure that I passed that out before uh, before we transition here. All right, Scott. A- anything else that uh, that you want the people to know? Any other uh, any other uh, bits that you want to uh, ensure that people hear before we leave? Um, you know, at this point, I-, I know we've got a lot of question marks. There's a lot of un- mis- uh, you know understanding of what happened here. Um, but you know, the, the most important important part this very moment and, and for the next week or so to come is to really keep the people, um, in, in your, in our thoughts and our, and, and the support to be able to save lives currently that are on the, on the ground. Um, we need to get to the bottom of this for sure. Um, but the, the people who survived right now need to come first. And, uh, so please, uh, you know, if you can support the, any of these grassroots movements to get support directly to the people um also a friend ed dowd uh if you're on um twitter my friend ed dowd he just posted a spreadsheet of families that have gofundmes that need direct assistance um and so if you look up ed dowd on um twitter uh or x i guess it is now um you can uh you can find that spreadsheet he just posted it i think about an hour or so ago and you can go to that spreadsheet and has literally GoFundMes for direct families who, who lost everything. Um, and so, you know, making sure these families are taken care of is, is going to be priority number one. Um, and, uh, and keep us in your prayers because it's going to be a long haul for recovery. Absolutely. All right. Well, Scott, thank you very much for joining us today. I really appreciate it and uh, for doing it on such short notice, definitely. And uh, you, you'll definitely be in our prayers, you and everybody else there on Maui. Yeah, thank you so much, Zach, and thanks thanks to the whole uh, Red Pill 78 family. Um, I appreciate you guys keeping us out in your prayers and thoughts, and uh, I will, uh, you know, I'll, I'll keep you updated. Let's, uh, let's, let's all stay in touch. Yes, absolutely. We'll be in touch. All right. I'll talk to you soon.
All right. Thank you, my friend. God bless, bro. Mahalo. Mahalo. All right. Uh, well, I just want to say thank you very, very much to Scott for uh, coming here on such short notice. Let me get my camera turned back on here. All right. So I just also passed out the Twitter account for Ed Dowd. Ed is actually scheduled to be on the show here very shortly. I believe in the next two weeks he's going to be on the on the program. Uh, you may remember Ed Dowd as uh, the gentleman who first brought to the public's awareness the situation with ex- excess deaths happening uh, from with uh, uh, being reported by insurance companies, rather. Um, so uh, we're going to go ahead and be talking about that here very shortly. And uh, I, of course, I think that the situation with Maui is uh, is, is uh, unfortunately going to have to be uh, top of the list, too. I mean, this is just one of the, the worst disasters that I've seen in such a long time. Let me actually show you this video, too, which alleges to be a directed energy weapon. It's a rather short video, uh, and I can't speak to its veracity, but it's certainly something that a lot of people are talking about. And it very well, very likely may not even work now that I'm trying to get it to go. Look at that. Yeah, they're not even allowing it to play. All right, while I'm waiting for that to uh, pop up, let me say thank you to H2O Maven. She says it's looking like Hiroshima. FilterDog1, thank you for the shades. Also, FEMA has built special camps for these people. Uh, Sean Joe dropped a cookie. FilterDog1 and Just Duckies did as well. Uh, Filter Dog One says, uh, "Knock my socks off." One coincidence. Nine twenty-five, twenty-three. Hawaii Digital Summit. Look at the speakers and sponsors. Good dig there. Yes, uh, that uh, I think is is. Um, <laughs> there's no coincidence there. I mean, now they can build their brand new digital city that they were hoping to uh, to get on on board with the people there in Maui. And now people have no choice. I mean, they're going to have to rebuild from the ground up and might as well make it a digital 15 minute city. H2O Maven says, shucks, what happened in the U.S. took the Tatanka, the native's way of life. His- history repeats. Yep, they certainly did. Maggie May, thank you for the shades. Filter Dog One, the half burned car got my attention. The half burned car that uh, that that completely cooked dog that was just horrible. Mighty Patriot, thank you for the phone. Filter Dog One says I cannot support everyone, but RP seventy eight deserves more than he gets. Man, I really really appreciate that. I don't ever ask for donations, and so when you guys do donate, I just want you to know that uh, it means more than you can possibly know because this gets harder and harder to do every single day. Um, now this appears to be a video from the Pentagon admitting the existence of directed energy weapons. We know that they're real. I mean, they've announced them in the past. Directed energy weapons and more in an effort to exploit our systems and chip away at our military advantage. Directed energy weapons, also known as DUES, are weapons that deploy a highly focused energy beam, including lasers, microwaves, and particle beams. After decades of research in the United States, defense contractors announced back in 2015 that these systems are expected to come online by 2020 and are current. So here's the thing. You know, how can you not ask whether or not something like this was used to create 
the devastation that we saw. How can you not ask, hey, was this caused by arson? Was this caused by uh, someone uh, having specific ill intent? I feel like it's just so obvious that there must have been. You know, I mean, like you take a look at Lahaina and it looks just like paradise. It looks just like paradise, maybe even a little bit worse than paradise because the trees there were just totally cooked. Now, there's also a 150-year-old banyan tree in the middle of Lahaina that was basically burnt to a crisp. Um, That may be able to survive. Some of those trees may survive, but uh, it it looks like this is going to be a complete do-over. Here, I believe this is uh, some footage from Paradise. Let's take a look at that. few years, laser-based weapons are able to destroy the target with external heat and microwave weapons are designed to penetrate the target through external antennas and sensors and ignite the internal electronics, destroying them from the inside out. This could explain how thousands of homes have rapidly burned into their own footprint while the trees surrounding them survive. And it could explain the several cars we have seen utterly destroyed with temperature. This is another thing. They had cars in Lahaina, completely melted. I didn't see a single fuel tank that looked like it exploded. I mean, these were destroyed with very intense, focused, localized sources of heat. Hot enough to liquefy glass and metal. Michael Janich, host of the YouTube Dutch Sense channel, has been researching the Earth's seismic activity for the past 10 years. During the past few weeks, he has discovered satellite imagery that show an equal distance spread of fires, all starting within the same four hours. Four hours? That is highly suspicious. I remember them when that initially came out. Uh, It'd be pretty interesting to see exactly what type of information we can get out of the uh, situation there in Hawaii. I mean, obviously, there are more satellites in the in the sky now than uh, there have been at any time in the past. Uh, Here is another video which purports to show non-natural distribution. Wow, look at that house, completely untouched. Yeah, there's no way this wasn't done intentionally. I mean, it's just horrible, horrible stuff. Oh, let's take a look at this. This is a Maui resident giving his account. I live on Maui. The media is lying and or covering up the extent of the damage and the death count. I personally know people that are telling me that death and destruction is way worse And we're being told, I am witnessing the cover-up by the media firsthand. Well, 
Uh, just as Scott said, we're talking about probably thousands of people dying. Now, look at this. Perfectly circular formations of fire. That certainly does not uh, appear to be natural. Wow. How did they, how did it just burn around uh, the perimeter? Very weird. Very, very weird. Very, very weird. Uh, Here is another resident of Maui saying this wasn't a natural disaster. I have been trapped in Lahaina for the last four days. And I experienced firsthand what was going on there. What I went through is not important. I need to get this message out. This was not a natural disaster. This was a direct energy attack on the people and the place of Maui. If you know what lives there, what descendants live there, you know why. And you know why it happened on 8-8. And if this is not something that you believe, it's time to stop being a sheep. They came in and they took control. There were trees standing and the buildings gone. This system, this weather system, came in from the mountains, from the east. That does not happen. They were not telling people anything. They were not letting people in to help. And they were letting people go in to get burned alive. There were people burning alive in the streets. There were people dead in the water. There were hundreds, if not thousands, died. What they're telling you in the news is not true, and I lived it firsthand. I sat with the people. Not to bring fear, this is to educate people. Darkness that is being hidden. And soon people are to see. I know now why has sent me there. And I am going to use the platform. There was a warning. There was nothing. That's her audio cutting out, Please by the way. This post. I want everybody to see this. I don't give a fuck about I want everybody to see this. What they're telling you in the news is not happening. All right. Well, <clears throat> I think we're going to transition away from this story, and we're going to get into some of the other news that has come up, including some breaking news regarding the charges against Donald Trump in the state of Georgia. Now, it was announced earlier today that if President Trump is indicted in Georgia, television cameras would be allowed in the courtroom and it would be broadcast on live TV. Uh, Now, Joe Biden, of course, in the deep state, they hope that by broadcasting this kangaroo court case against President Trump, that they're going to get people to come over to their side. But unfortunately for them, all it's going to do is galvanize the American people against this authoritarian regime that is uh, working so diligently to destroy our freedom, our liberty, to take away anything that means anything to us. And President Trump 
being the ultimate symbol of freedom, liberty, and the patriots of this nation. They need to attempt to destroy him live before your very eyes. Uh, The rumor was that they're planning to charge President Trump with um, multiple felonies, also multiple defendants along with him. Of course, the same types of people that we've seen charged in these other areas. And earlier today, after it was announced that there would be TVs, uh, cameras in the courtroom, the Fulton County Courthouse posted RICO charges against Donald Trump. The grand jury has not even voted on these charges yet. And of course, it's not supposed to work that way. However, we've gotten a glimpse behind the curtain and they've shown us that they've already decided what President Trump is going to be charged with and exactly what they're going to do to him. The voting of the grand jury is merely a formality, my friends. They already know exactly how they're going to attempt to destroy President Trump. And we actually have the information right here. Fannie Willis, the district attorney for Fulton County, uh, apparently already has her mind made up. Uh, And uh, regardless of whatever the grand jury says, this is what she's going to do. RICO charges. And we have right here the case number, uh, the filing date, which was earlier today. We have a judicial officer who's been assigned. Donald Trump is the defendant. Of course, they don't include his date of birth, but they do have his uh, race. These are the charges that Donald Trump would uh, apparently face once the grand jury votes on them, of course. First of all would be violation of the Georgia RICO Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act under statute 16-14-4. That's listed as a serious felony. Uh, They claim that on November 4th, 2020, that would be election day. He engaged in racketeering uh, behavior. Uh, We would also have a solicitation of violation of oath by a public officer. That's statute 16-4-7B. That's only a felony. That was apparently done on the 7th of December, 2020. And then number three, we have conspiracy to commit impersonating a public officer. I think that that must have something to do with alternate electors. 16-4-8, also a felony done on December 6th. And they continue. Conspiracy to commit forgery in the first degree. 16-4-8, that's a felony, December 6th. Conspiracy to commit false statements and writings. 16-4-8, felony, December 6th. Conspiracy to commit filing false documents. 16-4-8, also felony, December 6th. Conspiracy to commit forgery in the first degree, 16-4-8. Conspiracy to commit false statements and writings, same statute, felony, December 6th. Also, filing false documents, 16-10-20.1b, December 31st of 2020. Solicitation of violation of oath of a public officer, this time occurring on January 2nd of 2021. False statements and writings on January 2nd, solicitation of violation of oath by a public officer on September 17th of 2021, and false statements and writings, uh, also a felony. Now, uh, obviously, this is not the way that the court is supposed to work. You present evidence to the grand jury. The grand jury returns their verdict of whether or not they feel the defendant 
has uh, sufficient evidence against them to charge them with whatever it is that they're charging them with. It it appears here that Fannie Willis in the Fulton County District Attorney's Office has already uh, summarily made up their mind about Donald Trump and what crimes he has allegedly committed, and they've already committed to charging him with a variety of them, as we saw right here. Now, Of course, the uh, argument of the deep state is that President Trump appeared to violate all of these laws when he attempted to overturn the 2020 election, specifically here in the state of Georgia. Um, But, uh, of course, we all know that 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 could not be further from the truth. President Trump was merely attempting to get an honest look at the 2020 election. Uh, This document dated today Uh, shows that the case is open. Case hasn't even been convened yet. I mean, we're only in the midst of a grand jury investigation at this point. Uh, And uh, with these charges being posted, that means somebody entered them into the system. Now, of course, Fulton County is saying that it was an accident. They didn't mean to do that. Well, if you didn't mean to do it, uh, Fannie Willis and the people of the Fulton County District Attorney's Office, I mean, there's a lot of steps that go into making sure that something like this shows up on a website. Uh, And uh, again, especially under the circumstances where a grand jury has yet to vote on this stuff. It clearly shows some sort of corruption. It clearly shows that there is a conflict of interest. Fannie Willis has a personal vendetta against Donald Trump. And uh, this entire investigation is unlawful. It's unconstitutional. And uh, this is simply not how the American judicial system works. We don't make up our minds on someone's guilt before they have an opportunity to defend themselves and witness their accusers in court. But as you well know, this is the United States of America that these people have created. They have twisted and perverted the laws of our nation. They have specifically sought to undermine and destroy the institutions that allow us to call ourselves a free nation, a republic of the people, by the people, and for the people. They'd like to believe that they're the ones who are giving us our rights, that they're the ones who are anointing us with uh, our uh, our God-given liberties. But uh, unfortunately, we know that that's not the way that it works. You know, it's called the consent of the governed for a reason. You know, the United States government, the state governments, they exist because we consent to be governed. We create the government with our consent. And at this point, uh, I, I feel like the majority of people are withdrawing their consent. Now, I'd like to go back to a story that we covered quite heavily last week, and that was the uh, situation in Michigan with GBI strategies. Now, there was actually a Michigan state police officer who stepped forward after this report was leaked, uh, and uh, and he confirmed much of what we saw in that initial reporting. Not only the fact that GBI strategies was a real thing, they were operating in the state even though they had been dissolved in Tennessee back in 2017. Uh, And as a result of all this information coming out, the corrupt Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel was also forced to admit that there were eight to 10,000 fraudulent voter registrations that were turned in. Now, one important aspect of this case, when they initially responded to the fact that this investigation had been going on, 
it it was that there were eight to ten thousand registrations, but only a handful of them were actually fraudulent. Well, it turns out it's the exact opposite. We're talking about Democratic operatives getting caught before the 2020 election in Muskegon County, 38,000 people living in Muskegon County, eight to 10,000 fraudulent voter registrations dropped off at one time. And then thousands more fraudulent voter registrations dropped off in the days after. That says nothing about any of the other people who could have potentially been engaging in the exact same behavior. We're talking about artificially inflating the election totals by a third or more. Now, here is some uh, specific language taken from the report with the Muskegon Police Department and the Michigan State Police. Remember, they found guns, they found silencers, they found burner phones, they found rental cars, they found temporary businesses where registrations were stored. We're talking about even more voter registration forms that were probably just waiting to be turned in. And they found hundreds of charged gift cards. We're talking about untrue traceable green dot cards, uh, uh, money cards that allow people to spend cash without any specific expenditure being traced back to a business or to a campaign. So Lieutenant Anderson, uh, who was uh, one of the uh, police officers who wrote the explosive report that was released into GBI strategies, actually uh, was a little bit apprehensive to speak to the Gateway Pundit. However, it appears that eventually he was able to be convinced. He told the Gateway Pundit that the report speaks for itself. Uh, Of course, he's not retracting any statements that have been made. Certainly, uh, he appears to be a man of integrity. Uh, Now, the uh, operation of GBI strategies, he did confirm that. uh, And he told us that he found that uh, there were information about those records uh, that were discovered in the raid as well. That Gary Bragg, excuse me, Gary Bell uh, was bragging, of course, about operating in 20 states and then uh, performing some type of uh, secondary functions in another seven states. Uh, You guys probably remember the web pages that uh, linked to Gary Bell and told about that behavior that he was engaged in. That's been completely removed from the internet. Um, Lieutenant Anderson told us you would not expect to find the guns and silencers in a normal business that were discovered during a raid at those covert offices of GBI strategies. And he agreed with the Gateway Pundit that it was easier to hide information when you're paying people with prepaid cash cards. I think that's uh, quite obviously the reason they were doing it that way. Now, what about Dana Nessel? Dana Nessel announced that uh, this was a, a legitimate report. Eight to 10,000 fraudulent registrations had been found. Uh, confirming all reporting by the Gateway Pundit and other outlets. And of course, there were no arrests that were made, despite the fact that there was evidence of overwhelming, massive voter fraud taking place right there in Muskegon. And uh, clearly, probably having some sort of an effect on the election of Michigan. Now, uh, there I don't know how many cities there are in Michigan, but there are enough cities that you could have, say, 20, 30 people like this on the ground, 
injecting 10 to 15,000 uh, fraudulent voter applications into the system. Uh, every single one of those voter applications could then be used to cast a ballot for Joe Biden. Donald Trump lost the state of Michigan after uh, something like 154,000 ballots were injected into the system. Now, Dana Nessel doesn't want anybody to know about this because it backs up our assertion that, yes, in fact, massive election fraud was taking place all over the state of Michigan. And therefore, these 154,000 ballots that Donald Trump had said publicly were probably fake, that we knew to be fake because we had ample reporting showing that in Detroit, boxes of ballots have been dropped off well after the time that they were supposed to arrive. But of course, Dana Nessel wants you to just trust her that this is the will of the people. We are living in a corrupt and failed society right now, my friends. The people who are running our government are literally criminals, and they want nothing more than for us to lay back and accept our fate. But I refuse to do so. Uh, continuing on over here on uh, the foxholepill.net, Doug Simey, thank you very much for those shades. Thank you very much to TikToks, who says, is the sheriff the same one from Vegas? The sheriff was the incident commander in Vegas, but he was not the sheriff. Uh, the sheriff was Joe Lombardo, who is now, ironically enough, the governor of the state of Nevada. I tend to think that Joe Lombardo uh, received some sort of payback uh, being allowed to become governor. And then, of course, this guy got an upgrade going from the desert in Vegas to, uh, you know, virtual paradise in uh, in Maui, Hawaii. Donna Bo Libby, thank you for that cookie. Trusty Turnip, thanks for the cookie as well. Jay, thank you for the gold pills. And Filter Dog One, thank you for the cookie as well. Um, all right. So I had another case of uh, government corruption that I thought was just so vitally important, needed to bring this to you guys today as well. So in Kansas, a newspaper was raided by local police in an effort to silence them, to stop them from discussing a story that was bad for the Kansas city government. Uh, this then resulted in him dying after having computers and equipment seized, uh, again, this was all to protect someone in city government who was 100% corrupt. So the woman who died was named Joan Meyer. She was 98 years old. She was the owner of the Marion County Record. This was a weekly newspaper that was published in Marion, Kansas. Tragically, she passed away after this police raid on her home and her offices on Friday. Now, the city of Marion's five-officer police force, five of them running this place, it's obviously a very small town. They, along with two sheriff's deputies, conducted this wholly unnecessary raid on the Marion County Records office and the home and publisher, Eric Meyer. So this operation left Joan Meyer, Eric's mother and co-owner of the newspaper, dead and has been characterized as an assault on press freedom. I don't know how you could say it any other way. So this came on the heels of a feud that was developing between the Marion County Record, this local weekly newspaper, and a local restaurant owner by the name of Carrie Newell. Apparently, the newspaper had acquired some sensitive documents which were potentially leading to the revocation 
of the liquor license for this restaurant owner, Carrie Newell. The documents included evidence of drunk driving convictions and operating a vehicle without a license. It's amazing what people are willing to do when it comes to money, isn't it? Just disgusting behavior. While the paper decided not to report the story, it did notify the police about the documents. They suspected that they had been leaked by someone close to Newell's ex-husband. So in response, Newell publicly accused this paper of illegally obtaining and disseminating the information. Remember, they didn't even report on the story. So the newspaper then published a story to clarify its position, but then very quickly thereafter, they were raided. So what did the search warrant say? Well, it was uh, looking for the authorized seizure of a wide variety of items that included computer hardware, software, all digital communications, cellular networks, servers, hard drives, utility records, and documents all related to Newell. Of course, by taking all of these things, they've effectively shut the paper down uh, and uh, and enforced them to cease operations. Now, the warrant also focused on the ownership of the computers uh, that could have been involved in the alleged identity theft of Kerry Newell. So during the police raid, Police not only seized all of these computers and routers and all the electronics, but they also went into Meyer's home and they dug through Eric Meyer's personal bank and investment statements. That was definitely not on the warrant and not something that they had the right to comb through. Now, Joan Meyer, she was waiting for a Meals on Wheels delivery at the time of the raid on the home, and apparently she was watching tearfully as the police conducted their search. Obviously, this was quite distressing for her, a 98-year-old woman. It left her unable to eat, unable to sleep, and it's being said that this contributed to her death. Now, in addition to Joan Meyer's death, one of the newspaper's reporters was also injured when an officer grabbed her cell phone out of her hand. And despite the outcry from the public and the tragic outcome of this raid, uh, clearly uh, something that was done for personal aggrandizement in violation of constitutional rights, The Marion, Kansas Police Department has, at the end of the day, defended their actions, as they always do. You know, this is the thing that really is difficult for me, because we want to support law enforcement. We want to support the the just distribution of law and order, the 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 equal and uh, an unbiased application of the law. And unfortunately, you have people like the Marion County Marion, Kansas Police Department, who engage in behavior that violate the constitutional rights of the average everyday person. You know, I guarantee you the Myers did nothing wrong. They did absolutely nothing wrong. This is almost like the argument that the federal government was using against Julian Assange. He was handed information that had arguably been taken from, you know, U.S. government servers, uh, but he didn't do the actual hacking himself in the same way. The Myers and their newspaper were given information, newsworthy information that they didn't even report upon. And this woman loses her life. A man, his mother is dead, co-owner of the paper. She's gone. Now, the statement that was made by the Marion, Kansas Police Department, they say, hey, Federal protections do not extend to these journalists because they were suspected of criminal activity. If that's the case, then every single journalist in America 
is subject to the exact same type of behavior. And make no mistake, my friends, I think this is the direction that they want to go. They also made a statement to the New York Post uh, suggesting that the Marion, Kansas Police Department had emphasized their commitment to ensuring justice for the victims. The victim, Newell, asks that we do all the law allows to ensure justice is served. The Marion, Kansas Police Department will do nothing less. What about the woman who died? Carrie Newell might have had some some damning documents showing that maybe she shouldn't even own a liquor license anymore, and maybe she's going to have to get rid of her restaurant. But a woman is dead. A woman is dead. So from the Marion record, uh, a two-page warrant was signed by Magistrate Laura Viar, and it was given to the record at the time of search. Marion Vice Mayor Ruth Herbel's home was also raided at the same time, the vice mayor, and the warrants alleged that there was probable cause to believe that identity theft and unlawful computer acts had been committed involving Marion business owner Carrie Newell. Now, they, of course, requested a copy of the probable cause affidavit for the issuance of the search warrant and district court where these items are supposed to be filed issued a signed statement saying that no affidavit was on file. If there was no probable cause affidavit, how did they go about getting the warrant? Well, I mean, it's obvious they just called in a favor and had a warrant executed for this poor old woman's home. Uh, The county attorney, Joel Ensi, whose brother happens to own the hotel where Newell operates her restaurant, was asked for it, but he said he could not release it because it was not a public document. Actually, it's supposed to be a public document. Now, Eric Meyer, the son of the woman who passed away, 69, uh, the owner and publisher of the Marion County Record, has vowed to seek legal retribution against the city of Marion and those involved in the raid. Legal experts have consulted by the paper reportedly agreed the city violated federal laws and the constitutional rights of these people. They were acting as reporters. Uh, Legal experts have been contacting the record. Uh, They've termed this raid uh, uh, unheard of, that this is reminiscent of what uh, totalitarian regimes do around the world. This is the kind of thing that the United States would rail against on a public stage. I can just see somebody grandstanding in the United Nations about the uh, lack of press freedoms in a place like Russia. Meanwhile, here in the United States, our own government is coming after us for reporting on honest facts. Now, Meyer has said our first priority is to be able to publish next week, but we also want to make sure that no other news organization is ever exposed to the Gestapo tactics we witnessed today. We will be seeking the maximum sanctions available under the law. I sincerely hope that these people get the justice that they are deserving of because uh, you cannot bring back someone from the dead. Unfortunately, that woman is gone and uh, and these people, they appear to not care in any sense. Yes, the Nazis are back in the form of liberalism. That is absolutely 100% true. All right, you guys, Um, you may have heard over the weekend that Sam Bankman Freed is back in jail. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I talked about that. However, briefly, I, I, I learned that I believe on Friday uh, was uh, unable to do any you know main coverage about this this weekend. But uh, Sam has attempted to 
tamper with witnesses in the government's case against him. Uh, I find it very, very compelling that Sam Bankman-Fried has found his way back to jail. He's going to be in the very difficult to live in Brooklyn, MDC. Uh, this is not a nice place to be. And uh, Sam Bankman-Fried being the kind of, you know, soft, curly-headed mop that he is, uh, I think he's going to be very popular in there. He was, you may remember, the second largest donor to the Democrat Party after George Soros. Don't know how much of that money has been given back, but I tend to think that probably most of it is going to remain in the DNC coffers. Generally speaking, when evil organizations like this get their hands on as much money as this, they are loathe to give it back. They don't want to see that money going back into the hands of average people like you, people who were taken advantage of, who were defrauded by a Ponzi scheme creator such as Sam Bankman-Fried, living it up in the Bahamas, living the high life. He was having orgies with a bunch of nasty-looking people. Just Sam Bankman-Fried was a real scumbag. So ever since his pretrial hearing, we've now learned that Sam Bankman-Fried was engaging in behavior that the government said he could not engage in. That included using Signal, which is allegedly an encrypted app, to contact various witnesses who were testifying against him uh, so that he could influence their testimony, probably to make sure that he could get off. He wants to blame all of this on his ugly ex-girlfriend, that horse-faced girl with the glasses, uh, and, uh, and, and the one who was running Alameda Research. Uh, so... Uh, there are uh, a number of uh, of statements here that the judge uh, had for Sam Bankman-Fried. Uh, judge Kaplan agreed with the assessment that uh, prosecutors made that he was attempting to intimidate a variety of witnesses. He was trying to influence public perception by making statements uh, to the media. Apparently, Sam had made over a thousand calls to uh, various media outlets trying to get his version of events out there. Uh, so Judge Kaplan said the defense says he's gotten bad press and he has a right to try to repair his reputation. Fair enough. But I find that there is a practical possibility I ha it was intended to have uh, and witnesses are told to back off. So uh, he also contacted FTX's former general counsel, someone who is likely going to be a witness in the case against him, and said he wanted to reconnect and seek a mutually constructive relationship. Uh this is not the first time I've seen people attempting to engage in witness tampering. Generally speaking, when you have someone who is going to say something incriminating about you in a case, uh, whether it's, I don't know, corruption of a minor or uh, engaging in a major Ponzi scheme like this, when you call or text someone and let them know that there's a major opportunity you have for them to create a mutually constructive relationship, I think everybody knows that you're talking about witness tampering. Now, uh, it's also been reported that as he awaits trial, he will now be forced to go back to the Manhattan District Court prison where uh, a lot of people have uh, engaged in some pretty, pretty bad behavior. We've got people like Ghislaine Maxwell that were there. Martin Shkreli was there. Looks like R. Kelly was also there. Uh, Freight Awakening says Robert Barnes says the charges against him to put him back in jail are complete BS. They want him in there for a reason. Epstein 2.0, too many loose ends, in my opinion. That very likely could be. Um, but uh, the, uh, the, the evidence that I saw 
suggest that he definitely was engaging in some type of behavior that would lead one to assume that there is witness tampering going on. But I don't doubt it. I don't doubt that if Sam Bankman-Fried goes to the MDC and ends up just like Jeffrey Epstein, uh, that's going to put a significant dampener on the justice that the people of this nation are going to get. I will say this. Ghislaine Maxwell made it through. So it's possible for people to uh, come through the MDC and not end up uh, in the same situation as Jeffrey Epstein. All right, you guys, uh, I think we're going to go ahead and end it there because my camera is overheating. Once again, it's going to pop off at any moment. So uh, thank you very much to Freight Awakening and everybody who supported the show. Uh, Let me say thank you to Lynn's over it. Good to see you, Lynn, dropping that can. Uh, Also, Porpoiseful dropped a cookie, and then Tamara Growl dropped uh, a can as well. And uh, I don't think that there's anything else. No, there is not. All right, you guys. uh, Thank you very much for being here. Tune in tonight at 10.30 p.m. where I try to convince John that maybe the United States is actually a corporation. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of different documents and a bunch of supporting evidence to suggest that, yes, in fact, the government is not legitimate. uh, But at the end of the day, uh, the question is, can we do anything about it or is it just a waiting game? I don't know. But be here tonight at uh, 10.30 p.m. on Badlands Media for another episode of Baseless Conspiracies where we break down the U.S. corporate conspiracy. We'll see you tonight. Good luck and God bless. You guys, I almost forgot. Hold on just a second. I have to tell you about the sponsors of the last portion of the program. Uh, That's going to be my friends at LindellEvent.com and MyPillow.com. When you go to LindellEvent.com, don't worry, I'm going to get this up on screen because I need you guys to know this and see this before I go. 
Oh, great. Where is it? There we go. Right. And there we go. All right. So when you go to lindellevent.com, you have to register with your email address. And when you register with your email address, it's going to ask you to put in a uh, a code to say who sent you. And that was me. So put in Red Pill 78 That's a totally free event. It's on the 16th and the 17th. Also, don't forget, when you go to MyPillow.com, purchase anything, use my referral code there. That's just RP78. When you do that, it will support the program. And then, of course, we have my friends at My Patriot Supply. Prepare with RedPill78.com. Save 25% off a three-month emergency food supply kit. And then, of course, my friends at OnenessDrops.com. When you use code RP78, you will save 15% off your entire order every single time. Chlorine dioxide water purification kits are something that is a must-have. You can create potable water out of virtually anything. Water purification kits from OnenessDrops.com. These will kill all kinds of pathogens and nasty, creepy crawlies. So thank you very much, everybody. And uh, we're going to go ahead and say goodbye. 